Hello and welcome to the Goddamn Tennis Podcast. My name is Nick. I'm Brandon. You're starting out salty. I'm starting out salty. I gotta start out hot and heavy because of today's topic. Well, explain to the folks at home before you tell me that topic what the show is and what it's about and what it does. Again, I'm Nick. He's Brandon. One of us brings a top tennis list on any given topic, usually backed by supporting evidence. And then that other person tries to guess that list in real time without any prior opportunity to prep. I've prepped with Diet Dr. Pepper. Yeah, when Brandon wants to get amped up, he drinks Diet Dr. Pepper. I'm going to be belching all over this track. Yeah, nothing new. Um, Anyway, Brandon, I have a top 10 list. Brandon doesn't know what it is until I tell him here in a second and then he's going to try to guess along with you, the listener. I will act as your proxy. Now, reveal this list to me. Uh, Expose it. I'm going to expose myself to you first by asking you a question. Okay. I put a poll up on our Twitter. You can follow us at TennisPod and I asked our Twitter followers... Which of the following comedy movie stars has had the largest drop-off in film quality over the last 10 to 20 years? Mm -hmm. Did you see this poll? Yeah, I voted in it. Okay. I'm curious to know your vote. Don't tell me yet. The options were Adam Sandler, Jim Carrey, and Will Ferrell. Mm -hmm. First, tell me what you think won, assuming you don't already know. And second, tell me what you voted for. I don't already know who won. I didn't see the results, but I did vote for Adam Sandler and I thought that he was leading. I thought I remember him leading. 55% of our voters, including Brandon here, voted for Adam Sandler, which puts him at first place. Who is second place? Jim Carrey. It's uh, 55% Adam Sandler, 31% Jim Carrey, 13% Will Ferrell, 2% other. And I actually voted for Jim Carrey here. Jim Carrey's been pretty rough lately, much more so than Will Ferrell. But didn't you walk out of Will Ferrell's last movie? Did you walk out of it or was it just really disappointing? You're talking about Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes? Holmes? Or Holmes and Watson. Yeah, that, that one. I didn't walk out of it. I mean, I, wa- I did see it. Should you have walked out? I've never walked out of a movie and I probably never will. But I don't know. It was bad but it wasn't... I didn't see it as like offensively bad to the degree that people were saying. I thought it was just a dumb Will Ferrell movie. They're all kind of like that. What would make you I walk mean, out so- of a movie? Is there something that could offend you? Is there any amount of violence that could make you walk out of a movie? Not violence, but if a man running for president got up on stage and said that he supported gay marriage, then I'd be out of there so (laughs) fast. You'd be disgusted. No, I I don't think I'd ever leave a theater. But I mean, there's definitely been times where I've cringed or like kind (laughs) of covered my face like a child, like my two-year-old does when he watches the thriller music video. Like the content was too much? Yeah. Well, do you remember the movie with Willem Dafoe? It was just called, uh, it was called Antichrist. Antichrist. I think I've told you about that. It sounds familiar. It was like a artsy, you know, super artsy film. It was just two, there was one actor, one actress, Willem Dafoe was one and then I can't remember the actress but they're the only two characters. There's no dialogue the entire film. And at one point, I mean, spoilers I guess but at one point they're in this cabin in the woods, the two of them and she smashes his balls with like a big boulder <laughs> and then Willem, and then, Willem Dafoe's balls. Yeah, Willem Dafoe's and then jerks him off right after. Wait, wait what? And it shows all of this. Yeah. she. I'm serious. She jerks him off. Is he enjoying it? No, he's like... He hates every minute of this? I can't really... He's either like unconscious. I think he's unconscious. He shouldn't she point. have started with the hand job? She jerks him off and he ejaculates blood. 
Right. And then later, I can't remember if he does it to her or if she does it to him herself. I think she does it to herself, but she takes scissors to her, her you know, her little friend down there, snips it off. Yeah, no, I'm telling you. Who did you watch this movie with? My wife. <laughs> it was, this wasn't uh, date night, was it? This was a movie where, that was one where I was like, I don't know if I could take this. And there's but, no um, dialogue. Neither one of them explained while they were... Well, I mean, it's kind she of... She cut off her bean and didn't say <laughs> anything about it? I mean, you kind of knew why just from the, like, the movie being... It's what? set the scene. Is, the stage is set. The stage is set? How did she come to smash his balls with a rock? I can't really remember. I don't even remember why. I mean, I only remember like the broad strokes of I don't even film. want to do the list now. I just want to... I just want to go watch this movie and narrate what I'm seeing. It's called Antichrist here. I'll see. It's probably, let me see. Uh, let's see. Okay. It came out in 2009. It's like a lot of sex. Like it's the whole, there's tons of sex scenes. Is he, are either one of them the Antichrist? No, I, I, it's never even explained why it's called that if I recall. It's trying to see where you could watch it if you wanted. It's on Amazon Prime for $2.99. I mean, I can't even give this movie a recommendation. It has a 53% on Rotten Tomatoes. Someone said no film has provoked stronger emotions in me than this one. This guy says the movie's about extreme emotional violence and Catholic guilt. It's interesting. Anyway, that's Antichrist. Uh, but this is not an Antichrist podcast, in fact. This is a podcast about top 10 lists. And the whole reason, how do, how do we even get to this? Sorry. Anyway, I asked our Twitter followers uh, which comedy star has had the largest drop off in film quality. Most people said Adam Sandler. I think Jim Carrey has been worse. But <laughs> I think it's Willem Dafoe. <laughs> the reason I bring all this up is because the reason I put up that poll was several weeks back, you and I talked on an episode about Adam Sandler movies mm -hmm. and how we remember them being so great and funny in the 90s. Yeah. And he just hasn't really had a good hit since. So, that made me want to look at his entire film history. So, today we're going to be looking at the most critically acclaimed Adam Sandler films. Critically acclaimed. Every time we've talked about movies to this point, I think, has been about box office. It's always about money. Yeah. Today, it's not about money, although I have those numbers. It's about critic reviews. Rotten Tomatoes is my source. For those that don't know, Rotten Tomato is not only something you can throw at a hack comedian on stage, it's a website where critics, like professional critics, can rate and review movies and those reviews are aggregated and given a uh, score. So, a lot of times uh, when movies are being marketed these days, the trailer might say like a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes or something as a selling point. So, Rotten Tomatoes is my source and basically, I have a percentage between 0 and 100 that represents the percentage of critics that liked the movie. Doesn't that sound interesting? That part was super boring. Well, it's not <laughs> I like... used that time to start making what I think are some really great guesses that I'm going to hold and try to make some more difficult guesses. I'm going to try to make some three-pointers right off the bat because I think I've got some layups stored away from later. Later, You're not going to get number one for sure. So, let's talk about this though. A movie that is rated well on Rotten Tomatoes means that critics loved it but it doesn't mean it's his best movie as far as box office. 
Uh, doesn't mean it's your favorite movie, but it is the movie critics liked most. And I'm going to say that these are films where Adam Sandler was, had a starring or co-starring role. So, any movie where he had like a short cameo, he's had a lot of those. Those aren't included in this list. Right. Back in episode 42, you came and brought the top 10 highest grossing Jack Nicholson films. Do you remember that? Yes, I remember that. What, Brandon? <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, I remember when I did that not too well, long ago. you're getting up there in age. I don't know what, how far your mind's gone by now. Yeah, I remember that. Okay. Jack Nicholson, what would you guess his average Rotten Tomato score is across all 57 of his movies? 92%. You're fucking, you're really dumb. Like, you're really, you're a doy-doy. Why? What is it? Because it's 71%. Really? 71%, which is really good. Uh, 71% including 12 films at 90% or higher, which is extremely impressive. By comparison, Adam Sandler's average rating is 33%. Holy shit. <laughs> and only one film has had a 90% or higher rating. In fact, other than that one film, his highest rating is 80%. So, Jack Nicholson, 71% average, Adam Sandler, 33% average. Maybe not that surprising but Adam Sandler has a few hits and a lot of misses in the critically acclaimed category. I already know what number one is. So, I'm going to save little Nikki for last. <laughs> God, you're funny. You should host a podcast. So, uh, Brandon, before we get into the guessing here, why don't you tell the folks at home, who is Adam Sandler? What is Adam Sandler? Adam Sandler is an American comedian from upstate New York. Okay, stalker alert. Well, I just, I know who, I know he's from upstate New York. He started out as a stand-up comic and then he was on Saturday Night Live and some people think, or remember him as being great on there but... I actually don't think he was that good on there. I never saw any of his work on there. His actually. first movie is also, I think, my favorite Adam Sandler movie and that's Billy Madison. Then since then, he made so much money that he films most of his movies in Hawaii so that he can have extended vacations with his <laughs> friends. Oh, man. It's really funny you bring that up. It's not the first time you'll be hearing that today. About uh, his for, taking vaca making vacation yeah. movies. Well, for all these entries in the top 10, I, ha I pulled a few quotes from critics mm -hmm. and that comes up quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> that exact line comes up quite a bit. Oh, so the, the biting criticisms are even in the top 10? Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Here's from Wikipedia. Adam Sandler, Adam Richard Sandler. Born in 1966 in New York, he, uh, after becoming an SNL cast member, he went on to star in many Hollywood feature films that have combined grossed over $2 billion at the box office. No small feat. Early in his career, he played Theo Huxtable's friend Smitty in The Cosby Show. Of course. And did you see him in that? I've seen clips. You didn't fucking see clips. I did. After I've seen clips film, a long time ago. One of those things like, hey, did you know? One of those things probably like VH1 or something. No, you didn't. <laughs> okay. He started stand-up when he was 17 years old and he was discovered by comedian Dennis Miller, Brandon's favorite comedian, Dennis Miller, who caught Sandler's act in Los Angeles and recommended to him to SNL producer Lorne Michaels. Sandler was hired as a writer for SNL in 1990 and became a featured player the following year. And then I have quote here that uh, Sandler told Conan O'Brien that NBC fired him and Chris Farley from the show in 1995 and Sandler will be returning to host the show 
in 2019. Unless that already happened, I don't even know. Did that happen already? I don't know. I don't ever watch Saturday Night Live. I don't really no, think I it's funny. Know. Hot take. Do you think it's funny? No, I don't watch it either. I mean, I'm sure I've laughed at it before, but... It's too the... liberal. <laughs> yeah. We're a very conservative right-wing show here, folks. Anyway, Sandler was a staple of my teen years. He was big in the 90s. He made a lot of <laughs> 90s hits. You had a big like beefcake poster of him on the wall in your room. Yes. <laughs> you don't know what a beefcake is? I know what a beefcake is. I bet you do. <sighs> Have you noticed that there... Think about the types of movies that he... That were successful for him. Big Daddy, Waterboy, Billy Madison. When's the last time there was like a movie in that vein that you can think of? Because now it's like every comedy film that comes out mm -hmm. that's not a romantic comedy or a chick flick comedy is rated R and like, you know, Seth Rogen type movie, you know, tons of F-bombs and drugs and it's too, sex. It's too nasty for you? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's different. There's not a lot of just PG-13 like Adam Sandler type comedy. Maybe some would argue that's a good thing. I don't know. But it probably just feel that the teenagers who go out to see those movies are doing other things, I guess. I guess they'd rather watch like Netflix or YouTube or TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> what? What is TikTok? TikTok? Yeah. TikTok is, one of, is like some new app where... Uh, music is involved somehow. I don't know. The only video I've seen on TikTok, I guess there was music in the background but it was a guy in India and he, there was a snake, a cobra in a motorcycle like stuck in it and he just reached out and grabbed the snake with his bare hand while it was striking and then carried it over somewhere and set it down so it could go off on its, on its way. My only is exposure Is that worth to explaining because this is like, this has been really boring. Like really boring. A guy grabbing a fucking cobra with his bare hands? You find a way to make it uninteresting. Let's get back to Adam Sandler. Hey, I grab a cobra with a bare hands every day, am I right? Disgusting. So, Adam Sandler, I'm going to tell you one more thing before the guessing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you his uh, lowest rated films, okay? You ready? Okay. I need to know that you're ready. I need you to say, I'm ready, Nick. Please. I am ready, Nick. The Ridiculous Six. Didn't see Did it. Did you see that? Didn't see it. No, it's a Netflix original. Got 0%. <laughs> Not one critic liked it. Jack and Jill. I didn't see that either. That's one of those like Nutty Professor movies where Adam Sandler's more than one character. He played his, his twin sister. His twin sister, yes. It got 3%. And didn't Al Pacino want a fucker? Yes. Oh, shit. I forgot about that. So, you did see it. No, I just got... You catch... I saw one trailer for it so I knew exactly what happened in the entire movie except I, I didn't know where all the farts actually occur. <laughs> Adam Sandler movies definitely have a lot of farts. <laughs> Do you remember... Uh, did you see Tropic Thunder? Yes. Do you remember uh, at the very beginning there was the fake trailers mm -hmm. and there was the... <laughs> The one with Jack Black's character and it was well, the fatties. Yeah, the fatties. It was like a nutty professor. There was a lot of squeaky farts and stuff. <laughs> yeah. The whole trailer was nothing but that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Other lowest rated films, Grown Ups 2 at 7%. I haven't seen any of the Grown Ups movies either. I saw the first one and it was PG and... Stood for pretty gruesome. 
pretty grim. <sighs> yeah. Uh, the Cobbler at 9%. Didn't see it. The duo. What the fuck is The Cobbler? It's a Netflix movie. He signed a deal to do like 28,000 Netflix films because there's a lot of Netflix we're going to talk about today. The Do-Over and Grown Ups, the first Grown Ups got 10% each. I saw that Do-Over is a movie that exists on Netflix. It's with David Spade, right? I don't know. It looked like shit. Well. And so did the most recent Netflix one with Jennifer Aniston. It also looked like shit. Well, you might bite your tongue on that later. Okay. I think we're ready to go. You ready to guess? You said you knew what number one is. I, I was joking when I said, because I said it was a little Nicky. Oh, okay. Uh, but I have some guesses that I hope are surprising. I'm just going to give you a surprising one. Spanglish. Why is that surprising? I think that would be like everybody's first or second guess. I thought most people wouldn't remember that movie. I never even saw it. I just knew that it was well received. Actually, before I answer that, I forgot to say one thing. I mentioned that movies that Sandler's not a star role in are not included. Also not included are documentaries or stand-up because he does have a stand-up that is 89% uh, but it's not included here. So, Spanglish is in the top 10 and it is number 9. 53% of critics liked Spanglish. That's not a very good Rotten Tomato score. No. It's not. <laughs> They're all like this. <laughs> what can you tell us about Spanglish, Brandon? I don't remember anything about... I didn't see it. I remember from the previews, he had a bad haircut in it. Kind of like a little mullet or a small curly bushy fro thing. Are you thinking of the wedding singer? No, it was similar to that though. Well, Spanglish Google is about machine. a Mexican... Show me Spang Spanglish. Mm. Mexican immigrant and single mother finds housekeeping work with Adam Sandler and his wife, a well-off couple with two children of their own, and when the housekeeper admits she can't handle the schedule because of her daughter, Adam Sandler and his wife decide to take her into their home. Cultures clash and tensions run high as they both try to raise their own children. Sounds hilarious. It's a comedy drama. I sent you a picture where you can see, does that look like the kind of hair I described? Yes, it does. It, just, it looks like Adam Sandler hair. That's his hair. His hair is not that round and bushy all the time. Not all the time, but occasionally. I'm right. I'm you're wrong. Continue. <laughs> okay. It came out in 04, 53% score. It grossed $55 million internationally, which was lower than its $80 million budget. Ebert and Roper gave it two thumbs up. Critical consensus being, quote, Paz Vega, who is... Um, who the fuck is that? That's the uh, Mexican immigrant and single mother in the movie. Uh, shines and Adam Sandler gives a performance of thoughtfulness and depth, but Spanglish is ultimately undermined by sitcom-y plotting and unearned uplift. Only in fucking movie reviews can you read a phrase like unearned uplift. As soon as I heard those words, I knew immediately what they meant and I knew that Adam Sandler's movies are full of them. Give me an example unearned uplift. It's like when yeah. the music swells and they're showing you that everything is supposed to be awesome, you're supposed to be feeling great, this resolution, this great ending to the story or this great turn in the story but you feel nothing because you're not that invested in the characters. Man, you, sh you should host a podcast. I thought that was Selma Hayek before she got big boobs. Yeah, it does look like her, doesn't it? Yeah, but except for the boobs. What about them, Brandon? What about the boobs? Well, they're bigger than the ones on this lady. Moving right along. Okay. 
Uh, proponents of Spanglish claim it is a moving portrayal of the difficulty of family problems and self-identity, and perhaps to a lesser extent the difficulties and rewards of cross-cultural communication. Now listen to this. Advocates of the film found the, <laughs> this is a quote, advocates of the film found the intense sexual chemistry Ooh. between Leoni, who plays Sandler's wife yeah. in the film, and Sandler, particularly compelling, the intense sexual chemistry. I think that's the same reason people like our show, Brandon. Someone was getting horny? There's lots of intense sexual chemistry on our show. Mm. That's Spanglish number nine. I never saw it. And not many people did either. No, and that did not convince me. So, give me another guess here. Punch Drunk Love. What number? Four. Two. I knew it. 80%. On Rotten Tomatoes. This one's interesting. It came out in 02, same year as Mr. Deeds and just a few years after mm -hmm. Little Nicky, Waterboy, Big Daddy. But it barely broke even, 25 million box office against the 25 million dollar budget. What can you tell us about Punch Drunk Love, Brandon? I actually really like that movie. I think it's the only Adam Sandler movie that I own. I've never seen it. It's a little bit weird. It's an arty uh, Paul Thomas Anderson movie. It's about a shy, meek, awkward guy who takes advantage of a loophole in this promotion and earns like more than a million frequent flyer miles and at the same time is being scammed by a phone sex operator. Hate that. Also meets a woman who is also awkward and shy and develops a relationship with her. The soundtrack's really good. Here's what uh, Wikipedia says about the plot. Sandler stars as an entrepreneur with severe social anxiety who is set up on a date with his sister's co-worker to immediately fall in love with each other but he is forced to defend his new love interest and himself from thugs attempting to steal his identity and extort him. Would you say that's pretty close? That's almost word for word the way I described it. Yeah, but less hot dog breath in, in their description. The critical consensus states that, quote, odd, touching, and unique, Punch Truck Love is also delightfully funny, utilizing Adam Sandler's comic persona to explore the life of a lonely guy who finds love. It's like you except without the love. Philip Seymour Hoffman is amazing. I know he's amazing in like everything he did except for uh, death, but he's really, really funny in that. That was dark, Brandon. He died. Sorry. Yeah. Of drugs. He OD'd, yeah. Yeah, he, he died doing what he loved. How old was he? He loved doing drugs. I'm going to guess 46. Do you ever feel weird outliving some of these guys? Almost like your own mortality is creeping up on you? No way. How do you spell Seymour? Butts. S-E-E. -E. No, I got it. <laughs> Dash M-O-R-E. I got him. Seymour. Philip Seymour <laughs> Hoffman died when he was, he was 46. No way. Yes. Am I, the, well, am I the smartest person in the world? He died of acute mixed drug intoxication. Let's find out what those drugs were. <sighs> Heroin, cocaine, benzos, and amphetamine. That's a lot. Why mix all the shit? That's a lot of shit. Why not just enjoy? You can't enjoy one on its own at that point. Well, it's all just, it's like mixing six sodas together. You can't even taste each individual one anymore. Well, there's a reason why they call it a suicide. Well, oh, is it intentional? No. The drink when you mix all the sodas. Oh, do they call it a suicide? Yeah. 
They don't fucking call it that. You never heard it called that? No. When I was a kid, that's one of the ways you proved that you were, you know, a fucking man. You went to the soda fountain and got a suicide. <laughs> that's a, you know, some of our listeners grew up in neighborhoods where to prove you're a man, you get the shit beat out of you every day on your way to school. No, we but... mixed, we mixed Surge with Cherry Coke. <laughs> oh, Surge. Hey, what about these people that call all soda Coke? Even if it's like a Mountain Dew, they call it a Coke. It's like calling every pair of shoes a Nike. Put your Nikes on. Like, uh, these are leather boots. All I'm going to say is if you call soda slash pop, if you call it all Coke, just go ahead and fucking unsubscribe from our show. What kind of Coke do you want? All right. Well, that's Punch Drunk Love. Uh, one more thing here from uh, Roger Ebert. He praised Sandler's performance saying, Sandler liberated from the constraints of formula. Ouch. Uh, reveals unexpected depths as an actor. Watching this film, you can imagine him in Dennis Hopper roles. He has darkness, obsession, and power. He can't go on making those moronic comedies forever, can he? Ouch. Yikes. Sharp. And the last thing I have here is Owen Wilson, Bill Nye, Timothy Shamlet, Judd Apatow, Lee Uncrich, Barry Jenkins, and Taika Waititi. Do you know all those people? Yeah. Did you just now learn how to read? Okay. Well, they've all cited this movie as one of their favorites. Punch Trunk Love, number two. Okay. Let me just, uh, let me look at my list here. How about Click? No. Click is not in the top 15 even. How about 50 First Dates? Where would you guess? Five. No. It's number 10. Oh. It's tied for number 10, in fact. It's tied for number 10 with Murder Mystery, the new Netflix film with Jennifer Aniston. Is this where I'm supposed to be biting my tongue? <laughs> this, is supposed, this is where you're supposed to kick yourself in the ass for being such a, so wrong. What percentage? They both have 45%. So, <laughs> what? His movies are dog shit. He has so much money. Like, wait, why would he ever care? Two billion at the box office with, between all his films. I'm realizing now I didn't take any notes on murder mystery so I'm just going to tell you about 50 first dates which I did see. No one gives a rat's ass about murder mystery. Do people still, are they still obsessed with Jennifer Aniston like they used to be? I don't ever hear people talk about her anymore. Are you, you mean like are people still getting the Rachel cut? Yeah. Well, you got it. Okay, 50 first dates came out in 04. It uh, grossed 196 million at the box office. It's one of his highest grossing films. I saw this in theaters. Uh, it follows the story of Henry, a womanizing marine veterinarian who falls for an art teacher named Lucy. Realizing she has anterograde amnesia, he resolves to win her over again each new day. What? Too much work. I mean, Jesus, can you imagine doing that for real? You saw this movie, right? I did. Can you imagine that? I do like at the end though how they make that, that movie for It's pretty cute. I haven't seen it in a long time. I mostly just remember that Sean Astin is constantly showing his stomach in that movie and wearing see-through shirts everywhere. Like, yeah. he's, don't they start making jokes about his nipples poking through his shirt? Um, that sounds like it might have happened, yeah. That's what I remember most about that movie. Well, what do you think about the amnesia angle? You think that shit's real? Do people get amnesia? Well, to the degree that she has it. Oh, like your brain resetting she, every she day? She has like a 24-hour memory, yeah. No way. There's no way that there's any scientific basis for that. In an article with the BMJ, how many BMJs have you taken lately, Brandon? On depictions of amnesia in film, clinical neuropsychologist Sally Baxendale 
writes that 51st Dates maintains a venerable movie tradition of portraying an amnesic syndrome that bears no relation to any known neurological or psychiatric condition. Was that the most boring thing I've ever read? Did you see the movie Overboard? No. Where Goldie Hawn has amnesia? I already said no. That's another movie with amnesia. She's a mean rich lady and this scuzzy dude that can't comes to... Uh, scuzzy? The scuzzy dude, he is scuzzy. It's Kurt Russell plays a scuzzy carpenter and he comes to like fix some cabinets on her yacht and they're rude to each other. And then she falls off the yacht or gets pushed off the yacht, I can't remember. And she gets amnesia and she washes up. The scuzzy dude, Kurt Russell, finds out about it. He goes to the mental hospital or wherever she's at being held and he says like, oh no, she's my wife. And I'm going to take her home. And he takes this rich lady home with him and tells her that she's his wife and that these, his kids are her kids and that she needs to start cooking and cleaning. She fixes up their house. She cleans everything, straightens everything up. She loves his children. He teaches, she teaches them to read. I assume that she has sex with him. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't like where this is going. At the end of the movie, she helps him build a mini golf course that's their business. They open a mini golf course and they celebrate with more sex. And then she finds out that she's actually really rich and he's the scuzzy dude that tricked her and she decides that she loves him and stays with him anyway. Well, here's the deal. If you see Kurt Russell, he's a scuzzy dude in every role he's ever been in and in real life. Don't trust Kurt Russell. I wholeheartedly disagree. Whoa, why? Kurt Russell can do no wrong. He's still scuzzy. I'm not you saying keep, he's bad. He's scuzzy. You got to keep your name out of his mouth. Wait, <laughs> his name? Uh, your uh -huh. Leave him alone. Well, 51st Dates, the film was originally titled 51st Kisses. Isn't that cute? But he would have to front her every day for that. Do you remember our 51st Kisses? Don't answer that. Look. Drew Barrymore, who knew of the original script, wrote a letter to Sandler and suggested it as their next film together. Uh, in a 2014 interview, Barrymore said it had been more of a drama, but it was rewritten by Sandler and they reworked it into more of a comedy. And originally, Seattle was supposed to be the film's main setting, but Sandler later switched it to Hawaii. Sandler said that it just seemed like the very best possible place to do it for many different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lot easier to constantly fly a cast and crew to and from Hawaii. Well, don't they just fly there once and then just stay there till it's over? Well, if they film over like, I don't know, three months and your job on set only takes up like two weeks during that time, you wouldn't stay there the entire time. What the hell do you know about? I don't know. That just seems, it just seems You ridiculous. don't know anything about show business? Rotten Tomato score 45%. General consensus on the site is that, quote, gross out humor overwhelms the easy chemistry between Sandler and Barrymore. Farts. <laughs> who brings... They should have called it 51st farts. <laughs> oh, my God. They bring some energy and yucks to this tale of a girl with short-term memory loss and the guy who tries to get her to love him. Sandler and Barrymore won... You should have just started every day being like, hey, yeah, you don't remember this, but yesterday you were... <laughs> you banged the shit out of me. <laughs> But why would he say that? Like, as proof that she should do it again? You got to do it again today. <laughs> <laughs> they won Best On-Screen Team Award at the MTV Movie and TV Awards. Very, very prestigious. And they also worked together on The Wedding Singer. Yeah. He should have tattooed her every day like in Memento. 
Well, that's 51st dates. It's a wedding singer. Is the wedding singer in the top 10? Uh, wedding singer. Yeah, it's number. It's gotta be like seven or eight. It's four. What the fuck? His that's fourth coming... highest rated film is 68%. <laughs> I like the wedding singer. No, I do too. It's probably my favorite of his. 68%. My favorite line in the movie is when his friend is practicing with the limo and he runs over some cones mm-hmm. and he says, you hit two cones and he said, so? And he goes, this could have been people, this could have been guests at our wedding and he takes a big drag of a cigarette and goes, they were cones. <laughs> I don't know why, just the way he says it. <sighs> Thanks for that. That's great. All right. That's it. That's my yeah. favorite line. It's a shitty line but I love it. Uh, Wedding Singer came out in 98, grossed $123 million. Stars Adam Sandler as a wedding singer in the 1980s and Drew Barrymore as a waitress with whom he falls in love. Isn't it weird that in 98, they're making movies about the 80s as if it had been so long ago? Yeah. Look how hilarious people's hair was 10 years ago. (laughs) The film was later adapted into a stage musical of the same name debuting in Broadway in 2006. I didn't know that. Well, that's what I'm here for. Hashtag next notes. My last note here is a critic quote, it's decidedly uneven and surprisingly sappy for an early Adam Sandler comedy, but the wedding singer is also sweet, funny, and beguiling. The hell's that, Brandon? Beguiling? Beguiling, what's that? Um, is that like a sex move? I think beguiling is something close to charming. Something between charming and seductive. I think I beguiled myself last night. I'm looking at it. Charming or enchanting, often in a deceptive way. Brandon, so far you have number two, Punch Drunk Love, number four, The Wedding Singer, number nine, Spanglish, number ten, a tie between Fifty First Dates and Murder Mystery. What about funny people? Yeah, did you see that? Yes. Is it good? It's okay. I never saw it. It's number three. Knew it. 69%. On Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> 69, yep. Uh, came out... <laughs> 69, comma, yep. <laughs> Can you explain for the folks at home what's so funny about the number 69? <laughs> I can't... Go on. And explain uh... it as if every all of our listeners are six years old. Oh, God, how... You cannot explain <laughs> you, you... simultaneous oral sex to a child. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. Come on. Um... This is what our listeners... They're tweeting me saying, hey, on this week's episode, can you make sure Brandon explains 69ing to my six-year-old child? It's like a handshake. Mm. With, <laughs> with your winky? <laughs> it's like a handshake with a twist. Well, I'd say it's more like a hug with a twist. And It's like a hug, with, but somebody's upside down. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear all the six-year-olds now saying, that sounds fun. I want a 69. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, we don't endorse it. Pick me up and 69 me. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> we just earned our explicit rating for this week. Funny People was a box office bomb. It only grossed 70, well, bomb strong. It grossed 71 million against the 75 million budget. Yeah, but didn't Adam Sandler 69 with Eminem in that movie? Did that happen? Well, he goes to dinner with Eminem, but they don't. They didn't 69 at dinner. No, to be clear, they do or do not 69 at dinner. They do not. It's do they 69 outside of dinner? Yeah. 
No, it's in the parking lot, yeah. Okay. Out behind the restaurant. Funny People follows a famous comedian who is diagnosed with a terminal disease. I think that's Sandler, right? Mm-hmm. And tries to fix the relationships in his life. It also stars Seth Rogen, Jonah Hill, Leslie Mann. And Eminem. I can't confirm or deny that. Apatow, Judd Apatow. Ap- Apatow. Apatow, whatever the fuck. He made the film and he had Sandler, Rogan, and Hill write their own material for their comedy stand-up routines. Apatow filmed them performing their routines in front of live audiences. Jonah Hill admitted his performance was not well received by the audience because he had never done stand-up before. How do you become such a successful, famous comedy actor without ever having done stand-up? I don't know. Now I have to see how he got into that. Is he just an actor that happens to also be funny? That seems like a good bet. Let's see what the internet says. In college, he started writing his own plays and performing them in the East Village. Fucking nerd. Then he was in I Heart Huckabees. He's led a charmed life. Can I move on or do you want to read more boring shit? No, that's it. The Rotten Tomatoes general consensus is, quote, funny people features the requisite humor as well as considerable emotional depth resulting in Judd Apatow's most mature film to date. And then Gene Shalit of NBC's The Today Show disliked the film greatly. He stated that it's a smirk of faithful characters that are making a vanity movie about themselves that keeps not ending for two and a half unendurable hours. <laughs> God damn. I I wonder if I accidentally copy-pasted that from a review of our show. <laughs> if Gene Sal- Shalit wrote that about you, it would fucking, it would hurt, right? It would sting, wouldn't it? Sure. Kind of hurt your feelings? Well, click that link I just sent you, the pictures of Gene Shalit <laughs> and see if, now do you, do you still feel bad about it now? He looks like fucking Dr. Robotnik. <laughs> Oh my god, this guy. He looks like someone got wooly willy with a whole bunch of extra fuzz in it. Wow. I'm at a loss for words. Now, do you give a shit what that guy says about anything <laughs> except for... Mustache maintenance? Except for mustaches? Google search Gene Shallot and Shallot is S-H-A-L-I-T. Shallot is the word shit with A-L in the middle. <laughs> no, and an L. A, what, fuck, you're right. <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> Oh, man. So, that's funny people. And you know who else is funny? Not us. So, why don't you give another non-funny guess? Hmm. Eight Crazy Nights. No, fuck no. I don't know. That has like an 11%. Okay. I never never saw it and I just... Oh, I I remember loving it when I was like 15 but I haven't seen it since. Hmm. Is Billy Madison in the top 10? No, it's uh, number 13. Happy Gilmore? Happy Gilmore 7. Okay. What can you tell us about Happy Gilmore, Brandon? Happy Gilmore is right up there with Billy Madison for me because it was when he still did really weird things in his movies. I don't know. He would just sometimes the... Like the singing dead clown in Billy Madison at the pool? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The blood or the blood comes out of his mouth. And in Happy Gilmore, that would be like where the crocodile and... His is standing right. and Abe Lincoln are waving at him in the... Exactly. Yeah. I, um, I'd take Happy Gilmore over Billy Madison but they're both great. Happy Gilmore is a good in between because it does have I think a better... There, there's some depth to the story. Yeah. Yeah. It has much better actors. It has 
the whole Bob Barker thing, which is still like, I know it gets referenced all the time, the price is wrong, bitch. But when you watch it, it still is funny. Did you know that the film won an MTV Movie Award for Best Fight between yeah, Adam Sandler yeah. and Bob Barker? And uh, Barker has claimed in interviews that someone asks him about Happy Gilmore almost every day. It's just like someone asks you every day about what it was like to eat that airport hot dog. There's no, unfortunately, there's no MTV Movie Awards for that yet. But if they ever come out with one, you're a shoo-in. I wouldn't qualify. Uh, Happy Gilmore came out in 1996. It had a $41 million box office, which probably adjusts to something in the 100 millions now. It stars Adam Sandler as the title character, an unsuccessful ice hockey player who discovers a newfound talent for golf. Did you know that the screenplay was written by Sandler and his frequent collaborator, Tim Hurley? Hurley? Yeah, yeah, I fucking knew you knew it. In their second feature collaboration after the previous year's Billy Madison, the consensus on Rotten Tomatoes states that those who enjoy Adam Sandler's shtick will find plenty to love in this gleefully juvenile take on professional golf. Those who don't, however, will find it unfunny and unforgettable. Yeah, fuck you. I want to find someone who doesn't enjoy Happy Gilmore and then fuck right off. I said it. Sorry. Don't have any patience for that shit. <laughs> I, I just Googled Happy Gilmore and just the pictures that pop up are tickling me. You eat shit for breakfast? The picture of Ben Stiller with the handlebar mustache <laughs> uh, holding a finger up to his lips and looking sinister saying, shh. <laughs> <laughs> I love pic- that first picture scene. Picture of Carl Weathers with a wooden hand. <laughs> I love that first scene where you realize that Ben Stiller is not nice. And, the warm glasses shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put you to sleep. I have, a, <laughs> I have a, a note here that Carl Weathers who plays Happy Gilmore's uh, mentor. What's his name in the movie? Chubbs. Yeah. The uh, wooden hand he... <laughs> what a great... Chubbs. The wooden hand he uses in that was the same arm used in the movie Predator, like the prop. Okay, so he got his arm ripped off, right? Yeah. Well, you only have two arms, so it's 50-50 whether it was going to be that same arm. No, well, I mean, like the prop was the same. Oh, it's movies. the... Oh, wait. His fake arm? Yes. That, they, that got... Re- Whatever. Man. Hey. You, you need more diet Dr. Peppers. I really liked that... Um, the <laughs> big <fucking> guy. <laughs> <laughs> the guy I just sent you a picture of. The big guy in the orange shirt that says, guns don't kill people, I kill people. The Is one that, at the did end... Did this movie make that shirt famous? Because you see that all the time now. I don't know. I don't know, but this giant behemoth man... <laughs> The strange, scary-looking face. He's the guy who played Jaws in the uh, in the Bond movies. He's the one who tells Shooter McGavin, "Your ball struck my foot, <laughs> and you can count on me waiting for you in the parking lot." <laughs> <laughs> that oh, guy shoot. was so weird. Uh, that's why I, I. It must be that Tim Hurley guy that is that kind of weird influence in those movies. <laughs> Remember he. <laughs> There's another picture and when he's intimidating Shooter McGavin, he picks up a club and bends it in his bare hands <laughs> and then he's running in slow motion after him going, <laughs> Remember Shooter McGavin wants the people to go back to their shanties. <laughs> go back to your shanties. <laughs> uh, oh, I mean, this is like, this can't be that enjoyable to just listen to his giggle about... <laughs> 
things that were said in a movie that's 25 years old. Oh, fuck off. It's enjoyable. <sighs> you just need, well, hell, you're almost done. You just need eight, six, five, five and, and one. one. Okay. You'll never get one. So, we'll save that for last. Why will I never I'm get it? I'm convinced you've never heard of it. I had never heard of it. Is it something artsy? I think so. Oh, is it Rain Over Me? That's not number one, but it is in here. That is number five. It has Don Cheadle in it, right? It's yeah, and Adam Sandler, of course. Something about music. Came out in 2007. It's a uh, comedy drama. It scores 64% Rotten Tomatoes, made $22 million at the box office against the $20 million budget, so basically broke even. The synopsis is that Charlie Feynman, played by Adam Sandler, lost his family in the terrorist attacks of September 11th. He's still grieving over their deaths. He runs into his former college roommate, Alan Johnson, played by Don Cheadle, and the two rekindle their friendship. Alan himself is feeling the strain of family and professional responsibilities, and his renewed bond with Charlie gives both men the strength to carry on during a turning point in their lives. Carry on the song, also in Happy Gilmore. That's Rain Over Me. I never saw it. How about you? I never saw it. Didn't he look like Bob Dylan in the movie? You and fucking Adam Sandler's hair. Name a more iconic duo. Well, because he had... I'm, when I show you this hair, you're going to have a reaction. Man, our, our listeners are really loving all the images you're sending me today on this podcast. It's really helping. Well, I, what am I supposed to do? We can move on from his hair. Well, you can just cut this shit out. Rain over me, Adam Sandler hair. The key here is in any time he has a semi-serious role... His hair comes out a little. He looks like a cross between um, Bob Dylan and Wayne Coyne. Doesn't Adam Sandler, like for all the shitty movies he's made, doesn't he still seem like a super cool guy to just chill with? Yeah. Yeah, that's why like if Adam Sandler invites you to be in his super shitty movie, fucking Grown Ups 2, <laughs> but he's filming in Hawaii and he says, hey, bring your whole family and for three months we're going to hang out and like make a movie and... Just be at the beach every day. Uh, of course I will. And everyone who makes fun of me for being in Grown Ups 2 can suck my ass because I know what an <laughs> awesome time it was and how, how I made a shitload of money doing it. Have you ever thought about sucking an ass? I mean, what does that look like? Probably on the butt cheek. <laughs> no, but like, it's not much. It's too big to suck. Sorry. Um. Okay. A critic review on Rain Over Me says that Rain Over Me is a charming, affecting tale of friendship and loss with solid performances from Sandler as a broken, grief-stricken man and Don Cheadle as his old friend and savior. So, 64% is enough to get it number five on this list. I would have rather seen Opera Man the movie. Okay. Thanks. It's time for another guess and that guess is just go with it. Uh, no. Yeah, I didn't think so. Let me read you 15 through 11. Okay. 15 is you don't mess with the Zohan, 37%. <laughs> is that a good one? No, it sucks. <laughs> well, it's his 15th best film according to critics. <laughs> 14 is Shakes the Clown, 38%. I'd never heard of it. Never heard of that either. It was really early in his career. Billy Madison and Big Daddy are tied at 13 with 40%. I like Big Daddy a lot. 12 is Anger Management with our friend and listener of the show, Jack Nicholson, uh-huh. 42%. 11, Hotel Transylvania, 44%. I didn't even consider an animated movie except for the one I named earlier. Hmm. Well, that may or may not be a big hint. Ooh, an animated movie? Well, Hotel Transylvania 2? Yep, that's number eight. Is it really? Yeah. 
I didn't realize the sequel would have been. Have you seen these movies? No, I'm vaguely aware. I think my kid has seen them. My kid, you know, your kid's into Spider-Man and Batman and shit like that. Mm-hmm. My kid is into scary shit. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> she wants to watch. She she asks to watch like old horror films and I'll show her like, you know, the reasonable parts. She's a chip off uh, yeah, your chip block. chip off the old block. She loves Hotel Transylvania too she, and lately she's been into the thriller music video. She asks all kinds of questions. My kid is very disturbed. It's not so much the guy who turns into a werewolf or the werewolf itself. It's the act of wolfing out. Mm-hmm. The pain that they seem to be in and then the disgusting transformation of the hair and the muscles bulging and the, all that stuff. And uh, that part, yeah, wolfing out fucking terrifies him. So, Thriller, the first couple minutes of Thriller, he, he noped out right away. <laughs> now, to be clear, are we talking about your inflatable son? No, this is my human son. Okay. Brandon has an inflatable family for those. Although, didn't you kill them last week? They got all popped. Rest in peace, uh, inflatable family. Hotel Transylvania 2 came out in 2015, scored a 56% Rotten Tomatoes, 473 million box office. Uh, this is part of the franchise, three films to date with a fourth coming in 2021. So, mark your calendar, Brandon. A fourth. Hotel Transylvania 2 takes place seven years after the first film with the hotel now open to human guests. Mavis and Johnny have a young son named Dennis whose lack of any vampire abilities worries his grandfather Dracula. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes consensus says Hotel Transylvania 2 is marginally better than the original, which may or may not be enough of a recommendation to watch 89 minutes of corny, colorfully animated <laughs> gags from Adam Sandler and company. <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's a fucking cartoon, people. The most backhanded compliment. <laughs> One more review from Peter Hartlob of the San Francisco Chronicle, listener of the show. He gave the film one out of four stars saying, Hotel Transylvania 2 is an unfortunate throwback to about 20 years ago when animated movies were more widely accepted as cinematic babysitters. See, that didn't sound like much of a burn, but you tacked on. Well. So, I knew to feel bad for him. He just got his ass roasted. But in good news for Hotel Transylvania 2 fans is that it won favorite animated movie at the Kids' Choice Awards. Very prestigious. What the fuck do kids know? Have you seen <laughs> the shit that they ask to eat for dinner? Listen to this fucking award uh, and tell me if this, this serious, very good actress deserves this award. Famous animated movie voice for Selena Gomez at People's Choice Awards. By the way, I've watched these movies. The character she plays just sounds like a normal person talking. They just saw the name Selena Gomez yeah. and thought like... It's just a person that. talking. There's no like talent to it. Sorry. Sorry. Hot take. That's Hotel Transylvania 2. And if you want a big spoiler here, Hotel Transylvania 2, pretty close to the other item on this list. Hotel Transylvania 3? Is number 6. <laughs> they just keep getting better. Each one, the the new is the new number one. Is the number one the reason I'm not going to get it is because you've seen an early screening of Hotel Transylvania Four. Uh, if only I could be so lucky. Hotel Transylvania Three. Do you know the name of it? The subtitle. Uh, sucking hard. Summer vacation. Sixty-two percent Rotten Tomatoes came out last year. It's Adam Sandler's highest-grossing film ever. 529 mil. It's also Sony Pictures 
highest grossing animated film worldwide. What the fuck happened in Hotel Transylvania 3? They're on a cruise ship for monsters. Uh Uh-huh. Monsters only. Well, here's the plot. Dracula, which is Adam Sandler's character, finds love with a ship captain named Erica Van Helsing while on a vacation on a cruise with his family and friends. But Mavis, his daughter, discovers that Erica is actually the great-granddaughter of Abraham Van Helsing, Dracula's arch enemy. Yeah, what what fucking tipped him off? The The bizarre last name? Abraham Van Helsing, dude, he's scary. He is a, he's dead, but they reanimate him and they put his, his head is connected to a, like a machine and the machine looks like. You saw it? Yeah, I've seen it. I, I own this movie. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the machine looks like one of those old school vacuums that like on all fours with a hose. Uh-huh. But on the end of the hose is this guy's head. It's freaky shit. Like a steampunk thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to, to find a picture of it, you know, <laughs> since we're now a visual medium. Search for Abraham Van Helsing, Hotel Transylvania. Right. Holy shit, he is terrifying. Yeah. His eyes and his hair, his eyes are as absolutely closely set together as I've ever seen an animated character. They're almost, the, they're almost one eye mm. and his hair looks like wild devil horns and he has claws look at his fingernails he has long sharp fingernails he's scarier than any of the monsters is that the point you just learned a very valuable lesson brandon is that the point of the movie (laughs) that's the point of the movie well i mean he's the bad guy for sure so i get to skip it yeah listen to this voice cast for this movie Adam Sandler, Andy Samberg, Selena Gomez, Kevin James, David Spade, Steve Buscemi, Keegan-Michael Key, Molly Shannon, Fran Dresser, Catherine Hahn, Jim Gaffigan, Jim Gaffigan is this guy I'm pretty sure, Abraham Van Helsing, uh-huh. uh, and Mel Brooks, all in the same movie. Holy shit. Critical consensus is that Hotel Transylvania 3 delivers exactly what fans will expect, which means another 97 agreeably lightweight minutes of fast-paced <laughs> gags and colorful animation. Do you like how every compliment on a Sandler film is backhanded? They can't just say like he made something that people really enjoy. They have to say that like it's shit, but people like shit. Uh, one more. Hotel Transylvania 3 looks too much like another lackadaisical gathering of Sandler and his frequent on-screen chums. Like a PG-rated grown-ups at sea, and I got news for you, grown-ups was PG already. They seem like the ones taking the vacation and it's the audiences who are left to pick up the tab. Yeah, but here's the thing, you don't have to pick up the tab. If you see that Adam Sandler made another vacation movie and that bothers you, then don't see it. Yep. I don't have any problem with him making a whole bunch of dog shit movies that I'll never see. (laughs) Somebody loves him. Well, yeah, I mean, the whole reason Adam Sandler originally came up for me as an idea was because of that Twitter poll I mentioned at the top where mm-hmm. we observed and our listeners observed or our Twitter voters observed that his quality in films at one point was at least decent, like those 90s films, Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, Big Daddy, I'd Argue Waterboy, others were relatively successful with critics and very successful with moviegoers. But then since the 2000s, um, it's been a little less hits and a little more misses, but this list would conflict that uh, because, in fact, I think all but uh, all but two films in the top ten are from the two thousands. Believe it or not, uh, in fact, number one is from twenty seventeen. Is that my clue? 
Yeah, you haven't heard of this. Uh, well, maybe you have, but I've never heard you talk about it. 2017, and it wasn't Ridiculous 6. No, that got a 0%. This <laughs> film has a 93%. 93%. Which is like extraordinarily high for Sandler. Yeah, I don't know. Was Is it a dramatic film? It's an American comedy drama. It has some big names in it. Give me one other big name. Dustin Hoffman. Remember when we talked about having to eat his ass? What was that about? <laughs> oh, yeah. You're drawing a name out of a hat. Yeah. And it could be any celebrity whose ass you'd have to eat. Yeah. <laughs> you got Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> <laughs> you're thinking, okay. You're there's so many, you're like, yeah. There's so many good looking celebrities out there. Like, the odds are decent that I'm going to get a good one. A hot young starlet. Yeah. No. But you get Dustin Hoffman and he's just sitting there licking his lips, sweating. Uh-uh. <laughs> Taking his glasses off. <laughs> yeah. Dustin Hoffman, Ben Stiller. This film is the Meyerowitz, Meyerowitz series. It's a Netflix original. It stars mm -hmm. Adam Sandler, Ben Stiller, Dustin Hoffman, Elizabeth Marvel, and Emma Thompson. It follows a group of dysfunctional adult siblings trying to live in the shadow of their father. What was it called again? The Meyerowitz stories. Okay, I did see the, whatever, the image, the, the title for it on Netflix, but yeah. I don't know, did they not even put it on, you know, like when you go to first go to Netflix and something will automatically, a trailer will automatically play? Yeah, I don't you recall think that this they would have put it. Yeah, you think they would have put it up there. Sometimes things will get released on Netflix that I love, like there's no way that they, with all the shit they know about me, there's no way they couldn't have figured out like that I probably wouldn't, would want to know about this. I'm not saying this movie falls under that but they've got a real hit or miss strategy yeah. for letting people know that movies are out. They're about to be uh, competed with by Disney whose price will be half of theirs. Their balls are about to get smashed and then they're going to get jerked off till they jizz blood. Oh my God. Uh, listen to this. Uh, the film had a world premiere at the Cannes Film Festival in May 2017 and it received a four-minute standing ovation when it ended. Yeah, oh, that's what the, that's their thing though. Con like, they always talk about the length of these standing ovations. It'll be like eight minutes or 13 minutes or something but it's part of the tradition of that. It's not usually a reflection on how good the movie is. It's some kind of like popularity contest thing they do. Okay, well, everyone behind this movie was nodding when I was saying that and now they're fucking shaking their head saying, why'd you have to do that, Brandon? <laughs> Just stop clapping and sit down. This is bullshit and you know it. Critical consensus on Rotten Tomatoes says that the Meyerowitz stories observes the family dynamic through the writer-director Noah Baumbach's bittersweet lens and the impressive efforts of a remarkable cast. And specifically about Sandler, the star, or one of the stars, Peter DeBruge of Variety gave the film a positive review, calling it the best Netflix film to date and praising Sandler's performance and writing. He said, with no shtick to fall back on, Sandler is forced to act and it's a glorious thing to watch. Even for those fans who like him best in perpetual man-child mode, <laughs> don't worry, the character is a full-grown variation on that familiar Sandler prototype. Other critics were equal with their praise of Sandler with various outlets calling his performance a triumph miraculously great and that it's time to admit that Adam Sandler is actually a good actor. Triumph! A triumph. <laughs> Just sounds like something Donald Trump would say in a speech. Triumph is such a fucking strong word for people who 
like get pampered all day. <laughs> well, it's hard. All those flights to Hawaii. I mean, think about the time. And... <laughs> yeah, sometimes your legs get cramped up all that yeah. time sitting on an airplane. Well, I guess your legs probably don't get cramped up when you're flying in your own private jet. Oh, man. I can't fly commercial anymore since I got my first private jet. Do you, do you personally feel like he's a good actor? I haven't seen any of these films where he's being critically acclaimed. I think he's good at what he does. I think he's good in the role he's in. I thought he was pretty great in Punch Drunk Love. And funny people, I don't know, maybe I don't really remember too much about it, but I don't know. Maybe I'll have to see this now since it's on Netflix and before I decide that uh, Netflix is no longer worth it, which it's quickly getting there. What about Mindhunter? What about the Breaking Bad movie? I'll watch them. Oh, do you know what Noah Baumbach's next movie is? Barbie. Barbie, he's writing. He's one of the writers. He's not directing it. He's one of the writers on, on the Barbie movie. A doll living in Barbie land is expelled for not being perfect enough and sets off on adventure in the real world. Hey, I've seen worse. Should we go back through the top 10? Remind us. Let's take a walk down. It's really disappointing that Billy Madison didn't crack the top 10 and you didn't get to come Think with... about Billy Madison. I mean, it's hilarious, it's good, it's funny, it's iconic, but it's just kind of a silly movie, you know? So, I can understand it being not in the top 10 as far as critic reviews. More bits and pieces of Billy Madison has, have stuck with me over the years than some of the most critically acclaimed movies I've ever seen. Yeah, I'd agree. But part of that's because you grew up with it and watched it over and over. Speaking of growing up, you can grow up with the Tennis Podcast because we have grown up, we've moved on up, and we now have a Patreon. And this past weekend, we released our newest bonus episode. It was about the recent Jeff Epstein controversy. And Brandon also read some hot news from the Weekly World News, including the adventures of Bat Boy. We also talked more about Naked Dr. Phil. This is an exclusive episode for our Tennis Podcast patrons. They're they're the only ones you get to hear about what Dr. Phil's naked body might look like. Give him Dr. Phil's voice real quick, talking about his app. What you want to do is go to the app store on your electronic iPhone. You're going to search for fill in the blanks. (laughs) Oh my God, I love it. Like Dr. Phil in the blanks. Anyway, our bonus episodes are not list-based. They're shit like this. So, if you want to listen to that episode as well as all past and future bonus episodes, you can go to patreon.com slash tennispod. Sign up. It's just three bucks a month, less than the price of one of Brandon's airport hot dogs. You also get free shit mailed to your house. You get feces. You get, whoa, whoa. You said free shit. We're going to mail you a little box. You're going to provide that? Maybe we can get uh, hit up a zoo and find a koala so we can at least get some nutritious supplement. But yeah, and you also get early access to our main episodes sometimes. Just go to patreon.com slash tennis pod for all that shit. Now, give them that list again. We got a little sidetrack there. You're going to run down the top 10. Yeah, again. top 10. Most critically acclaimed Adam Sandler films according to Rotten Tomatoes. Number 10 is a tie between 51st Dates and Murder Mystery. 51st Farts. God, that's so funny. I'll bet you're the first person to say that in the world. Uh, Number nine is Spanglish. Number eight is Hotel Transylvania 2. 
Number seven is Happy Gilmore. Number six is Hotel Transylvania 3, Summer Vacation. Number five is Rain Over Me. Fart Over Me. Number four is The Wedding Singer. Number three is Funny People. Farty People. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. I was waiting. (laughs) What's number two, Brandon? Punch Drunk Fart. (laughs) I like Punch Fart a little better. Uh, And number one is The Myra Witts Stories. There you have it. We did it. Adam Sandler, listener of the show. You can thank us for that free publicity. Give us a shout out in your next shitty Netflix film. Did you happen to see if he's won any Razzies? He has. Uh, what was uh, Jack and Jill won a Razzie, I'm pretty sure. I probably sweeped the Razzies. <laughs> well, did Al Pacino ever fuck her? <laughs> Him? You know, well, God, can you imagine that? Al Pacino <laughs> going in for the kill. The director's cut. And then he, <laughs> he doesn't. He, He's like, method acting and he well, just <laughs> rapes Adam Sandler? No, no, no. He goes in there to fuck her and she's resisting, I guess. But once he gets in there, he realizes, oh, this is a dude. But he's already committed and far enough in. He's like, I'm just going to fucking finish anyway. He's looking for that greasy ass. And then he does a line of coke off the back of his ass. Speaking of lines of coke, I think you have to be a fan of lines of coke to enjoy this show. And we're going to close out with two quick Apple Podcast reviews. The first one's from Polish Swamp Thing. (laughs) Is this you? No. Okay. Uh, They say, I listen regularly and highly recommend every week the hosts provide quality content by skillfully combining interesting facts with entertainment. I will also mention the chemistry between the hosts, which makes listening to their conversations extremely pleasant Because they always put me in a good mood. Brandon, would you call our conversations extremely pleasant and do they always put you in a good mood? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. That's why you need to slam down a couple Diet Dr. Peppers to get through it, huh? (laughs) Yeah. That's the only way to get through it. I had to get all fucked up first. (laughs) Uh, I had to get cross-eyed before I could get on the phone with you. One more here from Holly F. They've done it again, y'all. Every episode I've listened to has been a 10 out of 10, but this review only lets me do five stars. Luckily, I know math and can reduce my 10 out of 10 fraction to a five out of five. Isn't that clever? That was clever. Thank you. So, thanks for our five out of five, Holly F. Has anybody rated us a one yet? Yeah, remember I read it on the show. Was that the only one? Yeah, they said we were holier than thou. They said one of us was holier than thou. And the other was what, pretentious or something? An ass sucker. Yeah. Yeah, well, fuck you, whoever that was. Yeah, suck my ass. Or maybe not, maybe you're right. What, that the ass can't be sucked? No, that, that I'm holier than thou. Oh, for sure. That thou is a certain amount of holy, hmm. but I hold myself to a more holy. Can I move on? Mm-hmm. Okay. If you want your review read by us on the show, just, just leave fucking, us one star and write yeah. something really nasty. <laughs> he won't be able to resist. Rate five stars and write something really nasty. How about that? Can we say that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Apple Podcast. Brandon, I think it's about time to close up shop here. Anything that you want to say to Adam Sandler real quick? Any advice? Yeah, have me in your next movie. You can also cut my part. Like, you can leave it on the cutting room floor, but... Please let me come to Hawaii with you for six weeks. How would you feel if they announced a Happy Gilmore or Billy Madison sequel? 
I mean, I'm not one of the people who gets upset when there's a sequel or a reboot or remake of something that they loved before, especially when that like reboot or remake sucks. <laughs> but like I wouldn't be ex- I would be hesitantly interested, but I my assumption is that it would fall under the same quality category as Ridiculous 6 and the other stuff that looks so shitty it's not worth my time. Well, I would love to be surprised. Yeah. Just seems like, I mean, if he's going to make these shitty movies anyway, why not at least make one where people have some nostalgia and affinity for it, you know? I wouldn't want to see a Billy Madison sequel. I don't want Billy Madison to be other anything other than what he was in that movie. I could handle a Happy Gilmore sequel, I think. Well, what would you say if like 10 years from now or more, they did a Billy Madison remake with like a new cast? With Zac Efron? Oh my God. No, I, yeah, I regret bringing it up. Holy shit. God, I just got sick to my stomach. Or Jaden Smith. It's not even anything against those guys in particular. It's just such a bad fit casting wise. Um, or who, who's an actual comedian? Pete Davidson as... Oh God, fuck no. I just only vaguely know who he is. He has a lot of... Te- he does not look like a typical comedian. No. I think he's on drugs. Okay. Well, we should probably close this thing up. He's probably on TikTok. Oh, yeah. One last plug here. Next week's episode 55, which is our conspiracy episode, remember? Yeah. Do you remember that? Uh Uh-huh. I need to ask you if you remember things every once in a while. Uh, Next week, we're covering a few conspiracy theories. Brandon's going to come with, I don't know, what did we say, two each? Anyway, we'll figure it out. Sorry, I was yawning. But if you, the listener, have any conspiracies you want us to at least give a shout out to, just shoot us a line. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TennisPod. You can also email us at tennispod at gmail.com. We want to know all the conspiracies that have ever existed. I only want to know about the ones that have to do with lizard people. Okay, that's a wrap. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye.